0: The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. So, no, seriously, how is everybody doing tonight? Like, you know, you guys just got off a of spring break. We're on the we're on the final stretch here of the of the school year. You know, we got people that are getting ready to graduate and everything. Uh, tired. Tired. And tired and sore. When, what are they doing to you guys in school? Oh, okay. So, I want to go and start off with the passage that we've been going through specifically, and that is Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 39. So if you want to go and throw that onto the screen. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, for the first two weeks, we've been talking about man's chief purpose, and we've been talking about that specifically being to glorify God. And uh, this week, I hope I'm going to be able to give you guys a little bit, uh, a little bit of uh, a very practical side of what that's going to be looking like and how that's hidden just in that second part of the verse. And the part I want to focus on is where it says, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, I have this quote from a very, very renowned speaker. His name is Ravi Zacharias, if you want to go to the quote. It says, Moses wrote 613 laws. David reduced them to 15. Isaiah comes down to 11. Micah brings them down to three, to do justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly before your God. When Jesus was asked what was the greatest commandment, he gave them two, because the two are inextricably bound. One gives you the basis for the next, and the second gives you the imperative from the first. All right, what does that mean? So the first question that I have for you guys tonight, I'm going to try and put my points into questions so that way you guys can be thinking about this stuff, uh, because I I want you guys to be able to ask yourselves these questions. Why did Jesus give them two commandments instead of one? You know, it's a trend in the Old Testament that we're able to see, as was mentioned by Ravi, where he said, you know, started out with 613 laws. You know, the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In there, there are 613 unique laws that are given in there. And David in his Psalms narrows it down to 15. All right. And then uh, Isaiah narrows it down more in his message. And then Micah, of course, narrows it down to three. But I always found it so interesting that he didn't narrow it down to one. I've always found it so interesting. And many other people did too. Uh, You know, there's some historical context behind this as well. You know, Martin Luther himself, you know, was struggling with this for a while. He was constantly asking himself, all right, so when he was asked for one, he gave two. Now, why did he do that? And we'll go a little bit more into that later. But the first point that I want to go ahead and bring up to you guys is the reason why not only that there are two, but why they came in the order that they did. Scholars say that around the time that Jesus was asked this question, many Jewish writers were... Kind of asking each other the same question, you know, with between 613 laws, which one is the most important? Like, which one? Like, you know, do we specifically go for like this commandment of the Ten Commandments? Do we specifically go for this one? Is everything about just not killing people? Is everything just not a, a, about like a, is it just about like making sure that you're not envying your, your neighbor's goat or something like that? Is that what it's all about? It's not. <laughs> But I can guarantee you that when he asked this question, he wasn't expecting these two. So let's go ahead and go into it. Why the first one came first. And going back to the quote, it mentions, you know, the, the two are inextricably bound. One gives you the basis for the next. What does that mean? All right. Y'all listening? I'm not going to do the clapping again. But um, the idea is just that the first commandment came first, because you have to start somewhere. right? You have to be able to start somewhere. The idea was, you know, you have to be able to receive this from God first and foremost, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that, to me, in the progression that he mentions, it's not about this one is the most important, so make sure you do this above all else, and then the second one was just like, oh, and then also do this one. No, it was all about saying, you know, if, you, if we just gave you the second one, what reason would you have to love your neighbors if you didn't love God first? And if you love God, what's the natural response but to love your, love your neighbors after that? I've got a little illustration to be able to show you guys this. So how many of you guys are like science geeks? Do you guys know about like surface tension? You guys know about surface tension? So, surface tension essentially says that there is a certain amount of water that will stay together just by surface tension, and it like holds it all together. Like, if you guys see like a drop of water on a table, it's not going to go spreading everywhere, even though it comes off the table a little bit. Okay? I like to see that, you know, oftentimes we can kind of have this attitude of just we receive what we need to receive from God, and then we tell everybody that they need to do the same. Right? But if I poured this water onto this table, is it gonna keep on like piling up on the same spot? You know, what's what's the next natural reaction? <laughs> it's gonna go everywhere. <laughs> like you know, notice it. I mean it's it's water, don't worry. Uh but I mean look at it. Where I mean did I pour it on each and every single one of these spots? Where did I pour it from? The bottle, of course. (laughs) It's spreading further! (laughs) To the ends of the earth. earth. And then off the earth, I guess. The earth is flat (laughs) now. Somebody finally figured it out. Uh, We'll get get some unlucky leader, probably myself, to clean that up later. But (laughs) the idea is that I didn't pour that over every single one of these spots. And none of these spots would have expected for me to just pour it on one place if I wanted to get the entire table wet. All right. I poured it into one spot and then from there it was able to give reason to go out further and further and further. And you know, the the idea of this first and second commandment makes so much more sense and that light, because you know, I want it, I want it to be able to start with me. And that one little spot isn't worried about how it's going to pass to everything else. It's just going to naturally happen. If I keep pouring it right there, do you guys want me to keep pouring it? No. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> All right, a little bit. But, you know, if I, if I keep on pouring it here more and more and more, that spot doesn't have to worry about all right, I'm going to send it a little bit this way, a little bit this way, a little bit this way. Yeah, it's mainly, it's mainly going in one direction. but Huh? It's a lot of water. But the idea is that it's naturally going to know where to go, much like whenever we're able to receive this love from God, the next natural step is to be able to spread it to others. Or spread to the floor. There's this idea of a, vir- like a vertical and a horizontal. Has anybody kind of heard of this like metric? That we're able to receive everything from God and it's able to give us a reason to go out from there. I, I mean, I've given, the, I've given the illustration of the Ten Commandments before in a previous sermon, but I mean, let's take a look at each and every single one of them. What reason do we have to not kill somebody if it's not violating the image of God? What reason do we have to not steal something from somebody else if we don't respect that person with the same image that we have on us? It's, oh, thank you, Aaron. So much help. Let's, get, let's give a hand for Aaron. But God gives us a vertical reason for our horizontal actions. The next point I want to go, the next question I want to go ahead and move on to is, it, it's this idea of inclusivity over priority, if that makes any sense, okay? What does it mean by the most important commandment? Does it mean that the, the second, the first one is more important than the second one? No, not at all, by no means does that mean that at all, all right? I was mentioning earlier that Martin Luther kind of ran into this problem of you know how how on earth do I deal with both of these being the same level of importance but they're also like different commandments these are both somehow the most important commands and he said that the only way that he was able to make that okay in his own mind is if they were virtually the same command they were both virtually the same command to him in his own eyes inclusivity tells us that, you know, it's meant to include everything and it should be given by the very end of the passage that we've been going over where it says, all of the law and all of the prophets hangs on these two commandments. He's pretty much just saying, like, you know, between loving God and loving others, what else is it that all of those laws were trying to tell you? You know, Jesus earlier in a sermon on the mount, he says, I didn't come to get rid of your laws. I came to fulfill them. And in Matthew 22, he does just that whenever he's able to say, this is what it's all about. You know, lawyers were asking him this question. I thought it was so key that a lawyer was asking him this question. Now, a lawyer wasn't really somebody who was trying to, like, going on Judge Judy for you and is trying to argue, like, you know, why your roommate owes you a lot of money. No, that's not what a lawyer did. A lawyer was somebody who just studied Jewish law. Like, what, what if there I mean, there are people that kind of study Christian law still, but what if that's like what you thought of whenever you thought of law? You're not somebody who's like trying to get you the most money because you went to McDonald's and you spilled coffee in your lap and you won a lot of money. No, it's, it's this idea of like, you know, he, he had been thinking about this question for a while. Imagine, does anybody like know anything about rockets? They go into space, but there's so many intricacies. There's so many intricacies of rockets. What if a rocket scientist came up to you and was asking a question? A rocket scientist. Yes. I'm confused by the question. So, a rocket scientist walks up to you and he says, all right, can you tell me about the solid rocket boosters on the Challenger that caused it to explode? Can you give me the radius of the can you give me the radius and the exact arc of the solid rocket booster and why that was that happened to explode? And you'd probably shrug your shoulders and walk out and get that kind of negativity out of your life. But the idea was that Jesus was asked this question in, in an attempt to be able to stump him because nobody had really been able to think of it before, and any answer that they had come up with was. turning up futile. But Jesus kind of had a key that they didn't really think about. They were asking the question in terms of what was the most important in terms of a ranking. Trying to say, all right, this one goes at the top and then we have to obey this one above all else. And then we'll work on this one then we'll work on this one and then we'll work on this one then we'll work on this one. Almost as if it's like a point system that we have with God in our relationship with him. And Jesus said, no, this is literally all it's about. And the the third main point that I want to bring up tonight is how we better understand God's word and what he wants from us. The idea of interpretation of scripture in the light of this. That before this, you know, an interpretation of the Old Testament could have had you doing uh, kind of a character study of who God is. Uh, An Old Testament professor at Evangel always says like, you know, it's something that can be a little bit tougher with just the Old Testament. And he uses the, uh, the illustration of if you replace every mention of God with Ralph, and then you try and figure out what Ralph is like. It's very complicated throughout the entire Bible, but this idea of fulfilling the law to such a degree that it's able to narrow it down to two commands of love God, love others. The message I'm bringing to you guys is a fairly simple one. It's not just supposed to be about, like the the reaction that I don't want you guys to have right now is, Oh great. Like there's there's another thing that you want us to do, Sam, but it's it's more of just is that it? It's about being able to read scripture and see how God is asking us to do these two things and seeing the different examples that we have of people doing those two things and being able to say is this loving God? Is this loving others? And I think that with this interpretation it's often simpler than we really want it to be. It's often much, much simpler than we want it to be. It's loving God and loving others. But how is that new? There's not really much that's new to it. And that can be frustrating, but what can you do moving forward? And that's That's kind of, and this is definitely a, a shorter sermon that I have for you guys. But what can you do moving forward? Well, you guys saw how many paper towels Aaron had to bring up just from me pouring this much of water on there. God's got much more in stock than just this up there. He wants to be able to pour everything that He's got into you because he recognizes that as his creation, we were meant to pour into others as well. Imagine if I just poured this entire bottle, and then I just kept going and going and going and going and going. No, I'm not going to start a chant. But what if instead of just asking for only our daily bread, what if we asked for a portion and said, God, will you double it? And then after we get that portion, say, God, will you triple it? And then quadruple, then quintuple it. In fact, God, just leave the faucet on, all right? Leave the faucet on on me and let me pour into others. Like I said, it's a simple message for you guys. And I want you guys to have plenty of response for that tonight. Because I do recognize that for each and every single one of you, that's going to mean something different. Because each of us has each our own different way that God doesn't tend to pour into us. Each of us has our own separate way that God wants to use us in our lives. We each have different callings. We're all so unique in that. And if you don't know what it is, if you say, I don't know what I would do with a bunch of water on the table. I don't even know how I would start letting that go on to others. Ask somebody. We're going to have a time of a bit of a longer response tonight before we go into campfire groups. But I do have a short benediction for you guys, and a benediction uh, traditionally is just the part of a sermon where the preacher is able to give you an exhortation for moving forward from Scripture. I'm going to ask you guys to receive it as well, so if you guys will go ahead and stand up and hold out your hands like this to receive the benediction. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Amen. Now for this response time, Isaac is going to go ahead and explain how we're going to do this moving forward. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.